0: Hunter Donia is an industry business educator with a focus on systems and automation. Today, we're going to hear about how he built his business and what challenges and triumphs he's encountered along the way. Welcome back to the Hairdresser Strong Show. My name is Robert Hughes, and I'm your host today. I'm with Hunter Donia, and today we're going to hear about his journey and how are you doing today, Hunter?
1: What's going on, Robert? I'm doing well. Thank you. And yourself? I'm great.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on the show. I uh, So a so little background for the viewer and listener. Um, I know Corey and Tony from Heredistry, and I've been talking to them and uh, most of my network about this big challenge be- that I've encountered when I go to visit schools and talk to the rising stylists there, that there is a huge gap between expectations and <clears throat> um uh, between expectations of salon owners and stylists. And uh, and Corey, uh, one of the hosts of the your day off podcast told me uh, I had to talk to Hunter because you're really, really on top of it. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation today.
1: I'm oh. looking forward to this conversation today too. I love Corey and Tony and um, it's been, and what I really didn't realize, like going on to their podcast, I've been on there multiple times. I didn't, Um, I didn't realize that I'd be getting into this side of the conversation. <laughs> like, I know it's definitely a thing that's out there and that people need to be talking about because the salon industry is shifting so quickly and in, in such a different direction. And I see this generational split, right? Um, And, and I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to open up the conversation with them and Michael Cole. And um, I'm glad that we're going to be able to do the same thing today. Awesome. Uh, so. Tell us a little bit about your your business
0: uh, and what you do.
1: Yeah, so I started out as, as a hairstylist nine years ago. Um, I did vocational school. So I went to uh, beauty school while I was in high school, which was such a beautiful experience for me. Thank goodness that was a thing. So I started at 16. Actually, I started at 15 in beauty school. And then my first day working at a salon was at the age of 16 years old. It was literally my 16th birthday. I was like, this is a beautiful birthday present. It was a Wednesday. I wasn't doing anything else anyway. So I might as well like start my dream job. (laughs) And so I, um, so I started in the salon at a pretty young age and I had been doing I've been doing hair ever since I still do hair behind the chair very, very part time. But now I um, have the honor and privilege of uh, teaching other hairstylists business skills, specifically systems and automation to streamline all of their processes to help them um, create boundaries in their life, but still have like a successful business at the same time. Because um, we were talking a little bit before we got on here, and we were talking about how Over the past, like maybe like two, three years, boundaries have become like a really big forefront of what we're focusing on as an industry because I feel like we're so used to being walked all over all these years Um, and we're, we're all sick of it, right? But at the same time, what can end up happening is if we go to a little too crazy, right, then we can uh, ruin the professionalism or or the perspective of professionalism of our industry. And so I've been really passionate about teaching people how to have the best of both worlds using systems and automation. And I teach a bunch of other things. We get into marketing, we get into sales, uh, raising your average ticket, retail, all the things. But the majority of the time, I'm teaching people how to streamline their systems.
0: Nice. So, excuse me. Did you hear about the? Uh, just a little kind of off topic, just because it kind of came into my head. Uh, did you hear about the salon that Amazon was backing in in London? And they yeah, were...
1: like the like the Amazon salon. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And uh, from what I understand, they're going to be looking at automation within the salon. Is that the type of automate? Is is it like automation? What? Tell us a little bit about the automation side.
1: Yeah. So automation, uh, the way that I'm, the way that I'm teaching about it is, I'm, is, it's not just in like a cool. Let's just like throw automation in here. You know, it's not, it's not just like a, um, it's not just to look cool. It's not just to be cool. So in, in today's day and age, you look at any Fortune 500 company and any CEO or any COO whose job, or if they were smart, um, their job is to be sure that your processes in the business are as efficient as possible. And the reason why is because time is money, right? So the longer that it takes to do tasks, the more some uh, an employee or anybody has on their plate, the less that that can get done within a certain amount of time. Therefore, the less amount of money that they'll make, or the less amount of efficiency in delivering their product, there will be. Right, and so anybody who is a smart CEO or COO will take in consideration their time and take it ex- aggressively seriously. We do not take our time seriously enough. Time is a non-renewable resource. We only get a certain amount of it. Where money, you can always make more money. There's money out there, right? You can. And always get more of it with time, you can't. And so what I find is that we never take our time seriously enough. And what I teach people how to do is take all of their administrative tasks that in today's day and age are possible to use technology to get done instead of you, the human, having to be the one to do it, right? So especially for independent stylists, because normally, like, normally what independents or what um what business owners do just in general, business owners open up their own gig just by themselves or maybe with a co-founder, and they uh, they work their asses off. Right, I don't know if I can curse on here. They work their asses off um, to get it up and running. They 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 sacrifice their entire lives to get a business up and running and they start to gain some success and some traction and then it gets to a point where like they can't keep working 24/7 7, 7 days a week like they have to figure out something to make sure that this is a more sustainable career path for them as a business owner and so what do they do they hire someone right they hire someone they hire a receptionist uh they hire um, a cashier, they hire somebody to do inventory, they hire somebody, right? And in a salon environment, right? Like a commission salon, right? Like let's say you have a a slightly medium to larger operation, then you're gonna hire a receptionist to take care of your bookings and, and people who have questions and you might hire an assistant or whoever to do inventory, right? With a lot of independent stylists, a lot of us don't want to do that. Like we don't wanna spend a bunch of money on that labor. And so it's beautiful that in today's day and age, if we lean into the things, if we get out of our comfort zones and we embrace what 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 you know twenty twenty three and on can offer us, we can take these tech, this technology and these softwares that are out there and really use them to our advantage to streamline the communication that we're that, that between our clients and streamline anything that we are wanting to accomplish that doesn't have to do with doing the damn hair because that is what our main job is. And so not only are we doing the hair, which is literally our main job and the and the most difficult part of it all, right? Like that's what we signed up to do here. <laughs> we signed up to do the hair. But now there's this extremely high standard of if you want to make more than $25,000 a year, you have to be a social media guru. You have to be like a chief marketing officer. You have to know how to raise your average ticket and you need to know how to uh, sell a lot of retail. You need to make sure that the salon is set up in a really specific way seasonally to make sure that you're optimizing your sales and the psychology of your customers. Like you have to do a lot. And so the, so if there are things within that scope of re- responsibilities that you can take off of your plate to allow you to show up better in the, the, those other spaces, then why not do it? And so what I had discovered through my er- own journey, which we can talk about a little bit if you would like to, is that if I didn't lean into those things, um, then I this would not not be a sustainable career path for me anymore. I wouldn't be able to sustain. The the higher than average money that I was making as a hairstylist, if I wasn't doing these extra things, but I would not be able to stay, sustain any of that if I didn't set some boundaries and I didn't take some tasks off my plate.
0: Nice, I love this. All right, cool. So yeah, let's hear about how did you get in? How did this happen? How did you get into it? So uh, let's go back to where you you said you started working uh, at at your first salon at sixteen. Tell us a little bit
1: about from that point to kind of where you are where you are now yeah so when I was younger I like always felt like I loved to express myself like who I was on the inside on the outside like I was like coloring my hair all the time I was like putting on makeup and I and I had like a little bit of a hard time fitting in in places like a little bit of bullying here and there that that all that stuff that comes with being like a young gay boy right and so, um, because I knew that I loved like coloring my own hair and like, like beauty and how it made me feel and how made how it made me feel validated within who I was. I thought that the vocational program would be a good, cool fit for me. And I remember joining the the vocational program and feeling like it was the first place that I really felt like I belonged. Like I was like, Oh, these are my people. Like, these are the people who I want to be around. And, um, and i i was able to get my cosmetology license before graduating high school because of my decision to go to vocational school i had a really nice head start i was doing hair and making money on the floor at the age of 18. And I, um, at the age of 19, I ended up getting into brand education. I I loved education. I loved sharing what my knowledge was and what I knew. And so I became a brand educator. I just only resigned being a brand educator like this past year, actually, just because I didn't have enough time to be doing it anymore. Um, And so I was able to get a lot of really, really intense and really um, effective training and how to educate and how to influence people and how to help people in their journey. And I was lucky enough to that the brand that I was working with was extremely business Education oriented. So although I was teaching about products, and I was teaching about color, like, you know, the good old technical stuff, there was always, 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 always a background of business skills and and encouragement in there. And at the time, like when I got into it, I feel like we were just starting like as an industry to start paying a lot more attention to business education, because I feel like it's always been something that people don't find to be sexy and like something that people just like throw away when everybody just wants to focus on the technique side. And it, this was just at the very beginning of people kind of starting to get into business education, I feel like. And, um, and luckily, I was able to get a lot of that. And I just absolutely fell in love with the business side of things. I just, just the 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 possibility that I was able to see for people in this industry was just astronomical. I was just like, "Oh wow, like we are we are in full control about how much money we make. Like if we just knew these skills, if we just knew these strategies and if we just took our businesses seriously and treated them as actual businesses, we can blow our shit up, like we can make a really good living for ourselves, um and you know and 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 defy that that average minimum salary of twenty five to twenty eight thousand dollars that we have in the United States, and I just thought that was so absolutely important and cool. And I wanted to share it with more and more people, but I didn't feel like I was experienced enough yet. And the brand that I worked with, they didn't allow non salon owners to be business educators. So I just tried to like throw it in there as much as I possibly could when I was teaching my technique classes. And just what I loved about it so much was I just know how much this industry has meant to me like, Like I said, like, it's really been the only space like when I was younger that I felt like I was celebrated and I belonged and it gave me so much fulfillment and it like indirectly helped me with my relationship with my parents. Like it's done, this industry has done so much for me. And I'm sure that you, my friend listening to this right now can relate to me in one way or another. Um, and I would just, I would hate to see like, when people would post in those like hundred thousand people Facebook groups, like hairdressers advice to hairdress, like stuff like that, I would hate when people would post like, "I wish I chose a different career. I wish I chose a different career that made me more money, that allowed me more time with my family, and my friends." Like, I would, I hated seeing those things and seeing that stylists out there like wanted to quit this amazing industry that may, that they may have loved. But wasn't sustainable for them because they didn't have it as have it as a well-oiled machine business that was actually making them money, right? Because they didn't have the tools or the education. And so I just love the fact that I was able to make some sort of a difference by showing people the light and telling other people that the same light that I saw from my educators, my mentors, that they they can like make a really beautiful living for themselves doing this. And so fast forward, it's pan, it's like quarantine hits. And I'm, I'm still in a team salon. I'm still in a team commission salon in Pennsylvania. Um, booth rental is illegal, actually. So you have two options. You own the salon or you are a team or you're a W-2 employee. That's the two options. And so I was in a W-2 employee situation at that point. Um, I had actually just moved to a brand new area and I was building my clientele from scratch. And um, quarantine hit. And over the quarantine, yes, I had already had some really great business education from my, the brand that I was educating for, but I hadn't really gotten into like more education as far as like marketing goes and things like that. And like really building a clientele. I I knew how to sell sand to a desert. Like I knew how to to sell products, like that's for damn sure. But I did not know how to how to really like get people into my chair. And I started studying a lot of marketing, uh, uh, concepts and strategies and things like that over the quarantine. Cause we all had a whole lot of time. And, um, it was like I had like maybe like a week's worth of clientele at a time built up at that point, which was like nothing for me. And it was like three weeks before quarantine lifted. And I knew I felt so confident in myself that like I could build a damn clientele so fast if I had my own environment where I was control in control of everything from like beginning to end. And it was like three weeks before quarantine lifted. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm opening up my own suite. And it was the scariest, craziest decision I've ever made. I barely had a clientele at all. And I ended up opening up my suite. And I went from like being a week's worth booked out in the team salon to being three and a half mo- months booked out solid with five new guest requests a week. Which was like the craziest. It was nice. the wildest thing ever. <clears throat> That's awesome. Yeah. And so I, go ahead.
0: Uh, well, I I mean, I have like a couple of questions about your story. But why don't you go ahead and... uh go ahead and finish. Um, I'm curious to know a few things.
1: I'll close it out. I'll close it out. I talk a lot. So, (laughs) so, so I, I blow up. It's great. I'm super grateful for the success. I'm super grateful for all the people coming in. And that was due to my hard work and my marketing efforts and all the things. Right. And it was probably like six months in to my, um, to my, to my, my, my suite ownership. And like I said earlier, like I was like, I just didn't understand how what I was doing could possibly be a sustainable career path for me years from now. Like I was like, I am working my ass off. If I was not behind the chair, I was posting on social media. I was doing active marketing efforts. I was responding to clients. I was rescheduling appointments. I was creating a website and I was updating the website. I was like posting on my stories. Like it was Hellish, like, oh, oh, or I would be going in and I'd be cleaning. I'd be doing inventory. Like, it was just so insane. Like, the, the amount of responsibility was so wild. I could not imagine how I could do this for the next how many years of my life. It just didn't make sense to me. And so I was like, I had to really sit down before I like burnt myself out just at my six month mark. I had to sit down and I had to be like, okay, how, what, how can I strategize to make this as streamlined as possible and sustainable as possible? And I leaned into my good old Gen Z tech knowledge that I had just from like playing around and having a laptop in my lap since I was like five years old, literally. And I leaned into technology and resources that are out there today. And I was able to set really strong boundaries with them, but also use it. To serve my clients even better at the same time, and I was able to turn things around for myself. So, um, so yeah, that's what got me here. (laughs) The other stylists in my communities and people that I was talking to, they were really curious about all the things that I was doing, and I loved education. I've always wanted to be into uh, into business education, and I ended up um, creating my own course and uh, starting my own podcast. We do annual summits. Um, I speak at events across the country, digitally and in person. And it's been a beautiful journey thus far. It's been it's been great. Nice. <clears throat> nice. I love
0: this story. So I, I want to go back. So uh just to clarify, uh, so you were in a salon, <clears throat> your first salon, and then um from that point to uh shutting down for COVID, because it sounds like that's when, uh, like, a lot of changes happened. Uh, what
1: uh, – how many salons did you work at before then? So I was just at two. So, like, I was in my hometown salon that I had been at since I was 16 until maybe I was, like, 19, 20. No, probably 20. And – eh, yeah, probably 20. One or the other. I don't even know. Um, and I I had a – I met a boy. I met a boy. So I moved. I moved, like, an hour and a half away from my hometown to be with this boy. And I had to start a new salon. So I was at a new salon. And then that was the only other salon that I've ever been at besides my own suite.
0: Okay, got it. How did the relationship pan out? (laughs) We just broke up. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) we just broke up so um so it's which is fine you know it was a five-year relationship and it just was what it was it wasn't it wasn't the time but I don't regret the time that I where I like moved out there and I and I did all those career shifts at all I don't regret it at all it set me up so well for where I am today and it taught me a lot of lessons about like everything happens for a reason you're in the right space for the right time for a reason and um and yeah I don't regret it and so what kind
0: of um what kind of like thoughts or fears or or anxiety did you have about going full on into a suite or were you just like you know this is a perfect chance because it's the COVID and I'm just gonna do it
1: that was probably like one of the scariest decisions I've ever made in my life yeah um I mean I remember I mean especially because it was so like last minute like It was like months before quarantine lifted in Pennsylvania that I had inquired at the suite because I kind of thought it as I thought of it as like a long term goal. I was like, okay, I'm gonna build up my clientele around here, and then eventually I'll be able to open up my own suite confidently, knowing that I have like this built up clientele. Like that was kind of the goal. So I was like, okay, I want to figure out like what what the tea is here and how much it's gonna cost me and all the things, but once it was like towards the end of the pandemic, I just could not imagine like going back into the team salon after knowing all the things that I knew at that point, like I had worked so hard on like figuring out how to build a clientele and like how to use social media effectively and lean into modern marketing strategies that I just felt so confident in myself that I could create a beautiful vision for myself if I was in control of the vision. And, um, and I just I ended up saying F it, I'm doing it. And I can't believe that I did it. But I, I I didn't have a I didn't have a clientele. Like I straight up didn't. Like I don't I don't know what pushed me fully to actually say yes to doing it. But I'm so glad like whatever force did, like thank God for that. And it was so scary I had a pit in my stomach every single day my boyfriend at the time I was like complaining to him every 30 minutes like like being like what if it doesn't work out like what if I'm making the worst decision signing a two-year lease right like that is crazy like that's super Mm -hmm. scary and um it was absolutely terrifying (laughs) but I'm so glad that I did it are you still do you still have the suite so i actually just shut down my suite because for multiple reasons because um it's like it's closer it's it's much closer to where me and my partner lived together and i just moved back to my hometown into my own place because i wanted to be closer to my family and my friends again and so i shut down the suite and i'm actually working part-time at uh at the same team salon that i was at when i was 16 years old now And the thing is, because of the education, like taking over so much, it's actually a really great fit for me. Like I didn't have time to be in the suite anymore. I was in the suite like one day a week at that point. It's like, what am I paying this rent for if I'm just here one one day a week? You know, it just doesn't make it didn't make sense for me to be in a suite anymore. So now being in the, the team salon again, it's been an excellent transition for sure.
0: Nice. So you have you kind of discovered a path for yourself and realized that uh, it sounds like you realize that running a suite and all the work that you have to do. It's like you can do that or you can teach other people how to, you know, do it better. And uh, yeah, but doing both of those things, I imagine, would be incredible amount of work you know
1: building two businesses literally and and completely separate businesses (laughs) yes no and that is what people do not understand about side hustles or becoming an educator whatever it may be like people do not get that like if you're gonna be a hairstylist like you have a whole ass business whether you're in a team salon or not i don't care you have a job right like you have a very intense job When you start this other endeavor, like you have to literally think about it. I'm so glad that you said this. You have to think about it as you are starting a whole brand new business. If you want it to work, if you want it to be a part of your long-term vision, if you want it to blow up and if you want to make an impact doing it, it is a whole other business. And what I'm very grateful for is that I did streamline and automate as much as I possibly could with the suite so that I did have time to start the second business. I still had to sacrifice a lot, but I did, I did streamline so much as much as I possibly could with the suite. So that way I had as much time as possible. And if it wasn't for that, I would never have had the time to start the education business, let alone spend time with my, my family and my friends and my cat and my partner at the time. Like I was exhausted coming home from the suite before I like, automated and streamlined everything because I was just so tired. And I was always on my phone when we were out to dinner. And like, it was just, it was just too much. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because the time aspect of it all. Yeah. Like I don't, I didn't even, even the little things after all the things that I had, that I've streamlined and taken off my plate, the inventory can barely be automated. Right. Um, uh, Just like the little things, just being responsible for the place and just the logistics of it all with paying rent. It just didn't make sense for me anymore
0: so uh tell me um just kind of as we start to wrap it up here uh I, tell us a little bit about sacrifice. I think that that's something that uh I don't feel like enough there's enough talk about personally in my opinion and and I feel like this message of sacrifice really needs to kind of get through to people um in my opinion, so tell us about that
1: I love this question, so here's the thing i'm so I'm Gen Z right. And Gen Z, here's the thing about Gen Z. Gen Z, and I'm, by the way, I'm like a tail end of Gen Z. So, like, I'm, like, I call myself a zillennial. Like, I'm, like, two years away from being a millennial. So, I kind of, like, get both sides, I guess, I feel like. So, here's the thing about Gen Z. Gen Z understands the scarcity of time much more than any other generation does. They understand, like, they that they don't want to, they don't want to, live to work they want to be able to work to live right they don't want their entire lives to be around um around their career they want to build their their life right they want to, they care so much more about their personal fulfillment versus their like the thing that brings them the money you know it's not their identity i feel like a lot of Uh, generations prior have made like their what they do their identity, right. And I think, you know, I mean, it's definitely my identity. What I do is my identity, for sure. But that's because I'm crazy passionate about what I do. And I'll, I'll say that, you know, I, I still though, although I believe that there's really fast and quick and easy ways to get to get to the success that you want nowadays. It's still always, no matter what, if you want to reach a goal or whatever it may be, it's always going to take short term sacrifice for long term gain. Like, no matter what, like, no matter what. Because, you know, for me to open up that suite and like to be as successful as I was, even though I went from like zero to 100, it was exhausting. Like, it was, I was working tw- all the time, like from the time I woke up. I was working on doing like computer backend stuff to going into the suite and reorganizing, redecorating, doing inventory cleaning up. Like then I was doing the hair and I was working like coming in early, staying late on my days off. I did that so hard for months and months and months, until I finally like felt like I was at a really, really, really stable foundation to then scale and do what I wanted to do. So then I started only accepting services that I that I actually wanted to do. I started eliminating services that I didn't want to do. I raised my prices really high, and I was able to charge what I wanted to charge. And if I hadn't, if I hadn't sacrificed, and if I hadn't taken the time to be educated and had the experience, then I wouldn't have been able been able to do that sustainably, in a way where I'm still like making the same amount of money. And I'm not necessarily um, giving up anything, you know, to in exchange for that, right? Like it was kind of like I had nothing to lose, like the demand was out the ass. And like, I I had proved everything to myself that I would be cool if I like got rid of all my haircuts, you know. Um, but I, I do I do see I do see a lot of people who are first getting into this industry, not taking the time to to do a little bit of that sacrifice, because you learn so many lessons from those sacrifices. And again, this is coming from somebody who is who is like Gen Z, like I, I, who is who does understand like the, the instant gratification that we're so used to now, you know, I'll say that what I don't like, though, on the opposite side of that, what I don't like is when people tell these kids that they have to put in like five to 10 years before they get, they can get to where they want to go, because I'm living proof that they don't have to, but you do have to do a little bit of something to get there for sure and sacrifice a little bit of something. What, um, okay. I, I, I
0: really appreciate that. What type of, uh, sacrifice? I mean, it sounds to me that, um, you may have had, not much of a life other than building your business for a certain amount of time. Uh, how long would you say it? Since you brought up the amount of time that uh, people tell uh, rising stylists and younger generation how long it'll it, it should take. How long do you think? Like if um if you were standing in front of a a, a group of uh, kids in school and a uh, hair school and they were like raised their hand and said how much time do you think that I should, um, sacrifice work-life balance and I should, you know, pour myself, uh, completely into my work. Um, and then like, how much of that, like, do I have any free time? Can I take a day, one day off a week? Uh, can, you know, can I have dinner and, uh, watch Netflix, uh, for a total of four to six hours a day? (laughs) Uh, what, what exactly, um, like specifically like how long do you think that it, it someone should plan on it it could be more it could be less but let's just say you know what comes to your mind
1: well i think it's important to recognize before i before i say anything i think it's important to recognize that you know i'm i'm number one a man and number two i don't have any children right so and 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 you know of course we all have our own shit and i have my own shit for sure and then i had a lot of shit that i was going through at the time but but um but you know it's important to recognize that every Single human being has their own shit and differences and experiences, right? And so let's get, let's like make sure that like anybody who's hearing this, like who is going through some sort of situation or has some sort of things in their life that that don't make things as easy as possible, right? Um, just know that you're seen and you're heard. But um in the in the uh like let's say growing phase, right? The sacrifice phase of your career. <clears throat> I will say that there is no such thing as work-life balance and i'll even say that there's going to be points throughout your entire career where there's still going to be short-term sacrifice like if you want to evolve into your next level right of whatever that looks like for you and also when times change and and you know if recession hits right if 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 the world moves in a different way, guess what the you might have been sitting back and like putting your arms up and your legs up and like been chilling out for a second. But guess what the world changes and you signed up to be a CEO slash business owner or um, run your own operation, be responsible for your own money in one way or another, right. And nobody said becoming a CEO is easy. Like nobody said that, like, okay, you just do this stuff once and then you're good to go. Like it is consistent pivoting, like it's consistent, um, re strategizing, and like doing things differently and learning different things. And so in the beginning, though, it's definitely a lot more of like a forefront, uh, heavy load of work, right. And what I'll also say is it's completely dependent on what you're doing (laughs) like like it's so completely dependent on like are you doing the right things are you focusing on the right things that actually work or are you just like doing things that like aren't working in today's day and age because those like what worked for us like 15 to 20 years ago didn't does not work as efficiently as it does today like it just doesn't i remember being in the team salon and I remember looking up at my like the people who have been doing hair for 30 years before me, and they're telling me how to build a clientele. And I'm going to the mall every day, handing out my cards, and I'm not getting any freaking clients in my chair. You know, like I'm listening to these mentors who have so much experience and so much to learn from. But the like I said, shit changes, things pivot, the world has changed. And has changes so fast every single day, especially in our industry. And so it also depends on like what it depends on like what strategies you're leaning into, you know, and 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 how you wanna grow your clientele. Because if you want nothing to do with social media, like if you want nothing to do with like the way that the majority of people are growing their clientele in a quick and efficient way nowadays, it's gonna take you a whole lot longer. It's gonna take you a whole lot longer. Um, but if you are gonna be leaning into modern day strategies, I would say if you if I was in beauty school right now, I would be. I would be going to beauty school from nine to three or whatever. And then I'd be working from three to nine at a salon as an assistant. And I'd be doing that for probably a year. And then I would be ready to go on the floor. And then it's going to take you a year of working your ass off. And then you can probably have a stable foundation. But again, as long as you're making the right efforts that are like strategic, and in alignment with what today's day and age looks like and what the possibilities are for that person. So for me, I I mean, this wasn't, this isn't really a, a, in align line with like my success stories from my suite goes. But for me, I mean, I started in high school, I would literally go, I would get up and I would get I would go to school at like 7am, right? I would be in school until 245. And then I would go to work at four to nine and then somehow do my homework at some point or another. And I was and I was an assistant for like four years. Like I was an assistant for a long ass time. And I don't regret that time at all. It gave me it gave me so much experience. Like it gave me so much perspective without having to be the actual one who's responsible for what happens right like the stylist is the one at the end of the day who's responsible for what happens and i get to just like sit back and just do my job and observe like it was nice like it's that was (laughs) that was the life honey like (laughs) i don't regret that time at all and i think that that sacrifice is is super it's it's super important and although it takes you longer you have to think about the return of your investment of time, we talk about ROI on money investments all the time. What about your time? Because your time and your money are both really valuable resources. And if you if you decide to use that time in a really valuable and strategic way, although it might be a, some, some some sacrifice up front, you need to think about what that can get you in the end. And, and it, it can make all the difference. Mm,
0: that's so good.
1: <clears throat> As a matter of fact, I think it's so good. I think
0: uh, we should just close on that. On that note, um, I I think that you just drove like an incredible point home and um, I'd like to dive a little more into the conversations about like what's going, what's, what's plaguing Gen Z uh, in today's world and like their, their challenges with, with salon owners. But I think for now, I think we should, we can talk about that on our next episode. I love um, it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks,
1: Robert. I appreciate it.
0: All right. Bye bye.